the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. When one of those who reclined at table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done. And still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, we all make excuses. Yes, excuses are these reasons that we put forth for not doing something that others may expect of us. Excuses, they're actually explanations. Explanations we give for not doing things that we are responsible and obligated to do, those things that we fail to do. And thus we give excuses. In other words, we give excuses to others as a way of justifying to justify why we cannot fulfill a request or an expectation. For example, if we're invited to a get-together and we cannot go, we typically say no, and then we give an excuse. If we're late for work, we come in with our head down and we apologize, and then we pause and give an excuse. If we fail a test or an exam, We may grumble that the test was not fairly written, but then at the very end, we put forth an excuse why we have done so poorly. You see, excuses are reasons we put forth as a way to protect ourselves against blame and to protect ourselves against shame. And so we share excuses with others to help them understand our circumstances Well, there are indeed legitimate excuses, no doubt about it. There are indeed legitimate excuses. More often than not, though, the majority of our excuses are used as nothing more than mechanisms, yes, mechanisms, to shift the focus away from ourselves to something else. They get the heat off of us. More specifically, because we do not want to be blamed for our own failures, and because we do not want to feel the shame of being inadequate. 
we point towards something else, some other reason, some other situation or circumstance off over in the distance that is out of our control, something else that influenced us. So if we are late for work, it isn't due to us, but it might be our alarm clock that failed to go off. If our homework is not done, it is not because of us, but it is because the dog ate our homework, and so forth. You get the point. You see, the whole point is this, is that we use excuses as a self-protective mechanism, a method to help us feel less burdened. It is a way to help us feel less anxious and to help us ultimately get off the hook. Now, there's another side to this as well. We use excuses to get out of things that we simply do not want to do. That is to say, excuses can be pretty handy because they help us get out of things that we really do not like to do and really do not feel like doing whatsoever. So we pace back and forth and we ponder, finding that best excuse to bring forth to, again, get us off the hook. Take, for instance, my friends, the three people that we met in our parable from the gospel reading this morning. A man had a great feast. It was a tremendous feast. And he sent out these invitations. Come, everything is now ready. Come and enjoy the great feast. All this has been prepared for you. But three guests responded with excuses. To be honest, if we're going to be really honest about the parable, and as we look at these three guests, they really had no interest in coming because they had more important things to do. So they began grasping at excuses. The one guest had purchased a field and needed to see it. Another had bought five yokes of oxen, and he needed to check them out. And the third had just been married and had some commitments regarding his new marriage that were not clearly defined. Now the point being is this. All three of them in our parable from the gospel reading, all three of them gave ridiculous and shallow excuses. They actually gave pathetic excuses. Now my friends, how many people would you know who would go out and be so foolish to buy a field without even looking at it beforehand? And how many people do you know who would spend up to $12,000 for five pair of oxen without first knowing what they were like? And for the man who was just married, it seems that his honeymoon was over. And besides that, being married without kids is kind of a flimsy excuse. Married with crazy kids might indeed be a legitimate excuse. But being married with no kids, not much of an excuse. So each of these three guests gave wobbly reasons. They gave fake excuses so that they could get out of doing what they did not want to do. Therefore, it comes as no surprise to us that the man who invited everyone to the grand banquet actually became angry. That makes sense as we ponder this. The three guests had their different excuses. However, beneath all of their excuses, beneath all of their excuses was the same reason, and that reason is this rejection. They had rejected the great banquet. So, as can be expected, the man disinvited these guests and sent his servants to find others from the streets and the ditches, the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. The man sent out his servants out to invite people who would be grateful for the feast that was prepared for them. 
those three guests who had been invited, they would never actually share in the great gift. Now, dear friends, to this day, people make many shallow and ridiculous excuses, just like the guests found in the parable from our gospel reading. Like the guests being invited to the great banquet, the Lord invites all to the great feast of salvation. He invites all to his divine service, yes, the divine church service, to receive forgiveness, life, and salvation. Freely, completely freely, in his word and sacraments. He invites all to the house where the banquet is held, which is the church. He invites all to come to the church. However, Many people do not come. Many have excuses, my friends, for not going to church. Now, we must keep in mind that whenever Christians are gathered together, there you will find the great banquet. Indeed, where Christians gather together around the word and sacraments, there you will find that great banquet present in the here and now. In other words, the preaching of the gospel is the main course of the food, The servers are the pastors. Christ is the food. Through the mouth of the pastor, the food is laid on the table and served to those who are invited. Through the pastor serving the guests, the bread and the wine, they are laid upon the mouths of those invited. In other words, the food of the banquet is Jesus, the forgiveness of sins and life and salvation given for you. Yes, the banquet is here in our midst. The great banquet that is talked about in this parable is right here in this church service. And like the parable, so many people have made up excuses for not coming to church. You see, really when it comes down to it, today's parable is very applicable. It is very applicable to us in our day and age. So many people cut themselves off from the Lord's Sunday divine service, the Lord's great feast, And the reasons and excuses actually abound. Some of the excuses are valid, as we said before, no doubt about it. But these are the exception, not the norm. You see, my friends, most of the excuses sound like this. They sound like this. Well, the church service is just too early for me. You know, Sunday is my only day to sleep in. My goodness, I work six days out of the week. Oh, I just have too much to do to make it to church. I just want one day to myself. I don't like the pastor. I don't like the people who sit in front of me. You know, I really can't sit that long. The services are too confusing. All that church talk. I have conflict with sports, therefore I cannot make it. I actually had a fight with a person in church, and I won't set foot in that church until they apologize to me and make it right. Well, church isn't that relevant to me. I'm just not fed in that church. I don't like the music. I don't want to be judged. My children get bored. It is the only day to hunt. I am just too busy. Now, as you can tell, these excuses are easy to come up with, and they are familiar because we all, yes, we have all used them at one time or another. The fact of the matter is this. We can let the smallest of things keep us away from church and we use the most foolish things as excuses for why we do not go to church. But for some reason, these excuses do not apply to other things in our lives. That is to say, we do not think twice 
My friends, we do not think twice about traveling hours to and from sporting events in the middle of winter, but we hesitate to drive five minutes to church in the same weather conditions. We do not think twice about driving hours to a three-hour concert and getting an expensive hotel, but we recoil at a service that goes over an hour. We complain about church being earlier, but we do not flinch at waking up early to go hunting. We never complain about sitting two and a half hours through a boring movie, but we certainly will groan in the pews after 30 minutes. We put aside our conflicts with other people, and we will even sit next to those people we are in conflict for to cheer on a sports team, but we refuse to go to church because of past conflict with another person. Our busy schedules are not able to carve out enough time for an hour of church services but we can conveniently carve out several hours for haircuts, doctor appointments, get-togethers, lunch dates, and so forth. Now, dear friends, this is convicting. It is convicting for all of us, and it is also troubling. It's troubling because I am truly convinced that the devil and his cohorts spend much of their time coming up with excuses for not going to church, They then go around dispensing these excuses with the intent and the purpose of keeping us from going to church. You see, the devil and his cohorts, they want nothing more than for us to stay away from the Lord's great banquet of his word and sacraments. The devil and his cohorts, they want nothing more than us to stay away from the church because they want our faith to actually starve. The devil wants to kill and steal and destroy our faith. And one of the ways of doing that is keeping us from the word and sacraments. Tragically, my friends, we quickly buy into these excuses because deep down, we just do not want to admit that we do not want the banquet. We are fools, myself included. We are all fools because our sinful nature wants nothing to do with the Lord's banquet, and yet we are too fearful to admit this, so we go the way of excuses. Furthermore, deep down, we begin to resent the Lord's banquet. Our sinful nature sees church as a curse that ruins our Sunday plans and makes us feel guilty. Now, dear friends, how much we need repentance for these excuses. Oh, do we need repentance. How we need to repent of seeing church as a curse. How we need to repent of seeing the Lord's great invitation as an inconvenience to ourselves how we need to repent of our slothfulness regarding church, our laziness and our apathy towards the Lord's free word and sacraments. My friends, repent. Yes, repent. As painful as it is, repent. You see, the Lord's word and sacraments, his gifts of the gospel, they are not curses. They're not an inconvenience to us. But they're quite the opposite. They're God's gifts to you and to me. They're God's wonderful, tremendous grace, lavishing, wonderful love, all of his bountiful goodness for us. You see, when the Lord invites you to his banquet to receive from him, he does not do this to inconvenience you or curse you. He does this because he loves you. He does this because he delights in you. 
He does this to give you the good gifts of his forgiveness and his life and his salvation. He longs to give you everything from himself. He longs to pour forgiveness and life and salvation into your ears and into your mouth to declare you forgiven, to have you as his own. He invites you to the banquet. He invites you to church because he loves and cares for you. See, baptized saints, the way of the Lord is the way of gift. It is the way of gift, not the way of curse. And it is not an inconvenience. The way of the church, the way of Zion Lutheran Church is the way of gift, not the way of curse and inconvenience. You have been invited to the great banquet because the Lord actually delights to give to you. You have been made a member of the Lord's church because the Lord considered it worthwhile to redeem and to forgive and to die and rise all for you and for your sake. Indeed, Christ Jesus himself, he has completely redeemed you. Redeemed you from the devil, from death and sin and hell, and taken God's wrath away from you. And today, in this great banquet, in this great feast, in this great hall, this church, the Lord meets you, and he pours out his forgiveness and life and salvation in his word to you, into your years, so that you might know that you are forgiven. Yes, dear saints, each and every single one of you, each and every single one of you are forgiven for Christ's sake. See, dear baptized saints, the Lord loves to give to you, and he gives you his gifts each Sunday at this service. Therefore, as is dearly redeemed, continually receive from his word and sacraments in this church. For in this church, the Lord longs to strengthen your faith as he forgives you of your sins, and it is in this church where your faith is fed and nourished as you partake of the great banquet of the Lord, the banquet that each and every one of you have been invited to partake of, the great and wonderful, bountiful banquet that the Lord desires to pour out his life and salvation into you because he indeed cares for each and every one of you, because he indeed loves each and every one of you, because he indeed has baptized you and claimed you unto himself as his very own. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionwinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.